Blog Talk Radio.
who are very, very needed in, in, in the South Florida area um, this week, and the men and women who clean up the hospital. And, of course, we always uh, want to say thank you to the people, especially now with the the shells are bare in Florida. Uh, people have got uh, all stocked up for the for the uh, uh, hurricane, and uh, it came. The devastation is unbelievable. Uh, tonight's uh, program is dedicated to those men and women and families who live in the Fort Myers, um, Port Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte, and Naples areas. Many of those people have lost everything. Uh, big. Uh, Big trawlers that they use for uh, uh, fishing for uh, shrimp uh, are up on top of each other. That's how bad the wind was and how, how high the uh, storm surge was. Uh, at one point, the, the uh, water had gone uh, up to eight, eight foot in some houses, and uh, people were sitting on their roofs for hours and some, and some for days just waiting to uh, get somebody in there to help them out. Uh, we want to thank the uh, Charlotte County, the Sarasota County, the Hillsborough County, the Manatee County, Pasco County, uh, Fire Rescue, and uh, Sheriff's Department, uh, the uh, Punagora Police Department, the Sarasota Police Department, the Mitt Bradenton Police Department, St. Pete Police Department, Tampa Police Department, and Tarpon Springs Police Department, as well as uh, people from the uh, Orange County uh, Fire Rescue and, and Orange County Sheriff's Office for all the help that they're giving. Also, the men and women from the electric companies. There are approximately 43,000 people uh, in South Florida right now trying to straighten things out. And uh, we we know that it'll get, yeah, it'll get there. Unfortunately, there is a death toll of 17 at this point, which is expected to rise to a couple hundred. So, and, and it's all attributed to drowning. So, for those the families of those people that are unnamed here, um, our prayers go out to each and every each and every one of you. And I said, as I said before, every property owner. Well, guys, it's, uh, I guess one of the questions I got uh, I want to start out with, Caden, uh, did you know anything about the uh, them doing a documentary on Kahib? Um, I did not, but it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the greatest lightweights of all time. It, I, mm-hmm. I, he, he is the greatest lightweight of all time in terms of MMA. So it really doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me that they're making a uh, documentary on it, and hopefully they, mm-hmm. they'll make it bad. Yeah. I was hoping that... Uh, I would make it because I wanted to ask him a couple of questions about it. Um, of course, we have a uh, our, our uh, resident Don Vivant, uh travels all over the world, stays in uh, luxurious hotels, especially on the concierge floor. Uh, Robert of uh, San Diego. Uh, Robert, uh, how are you this evening? <laughs> uh, 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 tops. Tops to you. You know, uh, I, I'm touched. Tucks and tails with these boys tonight, uh, you know, and and God bless everyone. Went, everyone that went through Aunt Ian, uh, Hurricane Ian. I've never been through a hurricane, any of that, and so God bless everyone here in Florida. Uh, but selfishly, I was worried about my vacation, and and we we got in here today or last night, 
and uh, and everything was perfect. Florida looks mir- miraculous. I mean, we were on the coast, so God bless you guys. And if you guys are sailing che- uh, cheap sailboats, let me know. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so we got in, and so the three houses at Disney World we were supposed to stay in got flooded. So they upgraded us to the suite uh, at the concierge level over at the Animal Kingdom. And my life is horrible right now. Uh, I having a having a beer talking to you guys looking at a giraffe. So you know, uh, <laughs> you know, poor me. You know, I mean, it all comes back yeah. to to me, right? I mean, but. <laughs> So I am completely unprepared. I got family here. I just want to say, honestly, though, uh, God bless everyone in Florida. You, you guys are amazing what you went through, and I'm sorry uh, that I got upgraded due to your travesty, but um, my family appreciates it. So, um, yeah, I don't. I didn't know anything about uh, the, the, the documentary on Khabib. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, I hope they do, uh, based on – true story and they show like some little kid wrestling a bear because that's where it all starts i mean honestly we're talking to all these people coming from russia you, you know what i mean they're doing well yeah because they have to hunt their food by hand okay mm-hmm. growing up so no wonder they're tougher than us okay so these guys mm-hmm. are wrestling bears as children so yeah these guys are phenomenal athletes and could be just like uh uh, was said earlier is is the greatest lightweight of ever all time. So, but did, did you see that video of Khabib wrestling that baby bear? When he I, I saw the video. Yeah, I watched it. You know, yeah, yeah it was a, ridiculous. The video of baby Khabib wrestling a baby bear. Yeah, like, like that's real. You, you know what I mean? And it's not, mm-hmm. It doesn't even mean a baby bear. A baby bear with this rate a, a full grown man. So, and this is something they just do. Yeah. Like they have bears as pets. We have ferrets if we're living on the wild side here in America. You know, Americans are so <laughs> ignorant. I love it. We all think that the whole world's based on our own reality. You know, like everyone's got two TVs and two cars and this and that, and they live just like we do. No, the rest of the world think is about, struggling. And, and, and it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, think about this. Like Dagestan is a mountainous. It's in a Caucasus mountain, right? So it's high elevation. Not only was could be wrestling bears, but they're basically growing their own food, right? They're all devout yeah. Muslims, so they're not putting any goofy stuff into their body. So oh, by the right. time they come out of there, they they literally are are more bred for a certain level of success than we are because we're fighting against things. We're eating the processed yeah. food and all that stuff, and, and you know we're just not living as healthy as they. They're eating off the land, dude, in the mountains. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're, we're Americans there. talking tough that live on little debbies. You know what I mean? Like, come exactly. on now. There's a yeah. reason why we. There's a reason why people say first world problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hamzat Chimaya yeah. came out of Chechnya, and he was born during the first uh, Russo-Chechen War. He was born. He was born during a war in Chechnya. Yeah. He's growing up. I, I have to say, my favorite, war. my favorite world fight. My favorite fight that I ever got paid for was in Kazakhstan, Russia, because I got like five grand in escrow and never had to go because it broke out in war. So I just got paid for training, and that was my best, best fight ever. Okay. At <laughs> time we were talking about that. What brought this on? We were talking about they're doing a mini documentary on uh, on Kahib, and uh, what what all what. Let me ask you, as, as a 
a filmmaker. What's all involved in something like that? <laughs> it's a very, very, very exhaustive process. Funny you ask that. I, I'm late because I was just talking to my cameraman, talking about how exhaust, exhausting this edit I'm in the middle of is. So it just depends, right, how they're doing it. Um, if it's if it's what's called cinema verite, then they're following him, flying the wall, covering what's going on with him, you know, day to day. But more than likely, they're going to do something of a biography where they'll probably use a lot of archive footage, like the Bear Wrestling, right, and show how he came up and and made it to the UFC and his level of success. So you know, that's something they'll play. So for me, typically, it takes like three to five years, typically about three years, three to four or five years to finish a documentary, Um, Mm -hmm. depending on how much funding is involved, right? So with Khabib, Mm -hmm. I expect a lot of funding is in place. They've probably been working on this for a good year or so, and I expect it to be a biography kind of like, you know, with with Caden and Bob we're talking about, where they'll show his childhood, his father will be featured a lot, I'm sure. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a very exhausting, exhausting process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, uh, Z, what did you think about the, uh, the show that, uh, um, Mayweather put on last week with his exhibition boxing? Yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to see that one. Uh, I know I was watching Shakur Stevenson fight. Uh, oh, you said mm-hmm. I watched a real fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was watching I was watching right, let's bring everybody up. That's one of our next questions. So go ahead, bring us up to date on the Picar fight. Well, he fought uh, con- was con- I-, I don't want to say it wrong. Confession. Robin Confession. Yep, Robin Confession. Um, Confession is tricky, and, and we we knew this coming in. He's mm-hmm. tricky. Uh, he's sort of herky jerky, um, but oh, he he got broken down. He got broken down. He put he put uh, paws on Shakur some t- some of the time. Shakur took it well, um, but I mean he, Shakur basically carried the fight to him and um, walked him down for the most part and, and really really went hard to the body, really uh, hard left, straight left to the body. Concepcion's um, good. He stood in there, uh, but I have to yeah have to give Shakur credit. Every time I see him, he's looking better. But, He's looking better. What I didn't like um, in the fight was his complaining to the ref. Uh, mm-hmm. when it, certain things you complain to the ref for, I, I can understand. But mm-hmm. to keep complaining to the ref, this is a fight. Saying certain things you take have to take of yourself. Um, Shakur was hitting him low a lot. He was hitting him low a lot. <laughs> Boy, he was. Getting, <laughs> So to, to to complain to the ref about some things, you, you know, it, 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 as I say, it's a fight. Some things you have to handle yourself. The ref's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the right. only thing I really didn't like as far as I didn't understand is, why he was complaining so much when he was punching low so much. That was the only thing I didn't get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I can't. Oh, no, so it's not okay for him to do stuff, but it's, it's, it's clearly fine for you. But the one thing I did like about the low punching is that Shakur, who tends to like the fighter's range and you know, known kind of as a master of range, the reason why he's punching low, too, is because he's actually making a more concerted effort to go to the body as well. So I do see aspects mm-hmm. of his game developing as he's growing in physicality. Mm-hmm. 
Can I throw that out there to all of our new and up and coming people that want to be MMA and boxing fighter fans and, 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 and competitors? The body shot is the most underrated punch in any sport. If you yeah. can deliver a nice body spot punch shot and, and no one wants to level change. Like I'm dealing with that in my classes right now with people like you don't punch down. If you drop that, whatever that is, you know what I mean? Make it hot. I don't know all the lyrics. Okay. What I need to say, drop it. Okay. Get down there, throw that shoulder level straight off the pump and put it right in their sternum. Break off that, little eighth-grade science, uh, you know, diphoid process, knock that off with your middle knuckle, all right? The guy won't fight anymore. Make sure he's breathing out mm-hmm. at the same time or breathing in, mm-hmm. sorry. And, and, you know, and you know, I always uh, – I, I try to teach the liver shot, um, that, that, that left hook to the liver, but really to be effective with it to make, you have to kind of bring it upward, bring it right up yeah. into the liver. Yeah, drop the legs and bring the legs up in there. Just kind of keep the arm close and come right up in there to deliver. Flip right exactly. off the jab, come into that side. Beautiful. That's like it seizes the body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or uh, just like that, the, the, the liver shot uh, that girl got a couple weeks ago with that up kick, you know, and, oh, and then the, yeah. the BS, uh, the, the, the BS uh, interview in the end, he's been practicing at a training camp. No one practices that. You have, yeah. No one was going to let you practice that on them, okay? So no one practices that. <laughs> That's a very okay? good point, actually. Yeah. You got lucky. Okay, it's the same thing with elbows. Did you practice that? No one lets you throw elbows in practice. <laughs> you do that on the bag. Yeah. You have to, and to me, as, as in fighting, dealing with fighting, you should study human anatomy to, and, and the effects of yeah. what, you know, certain pressures and certain points of the body. You know, that, that's really effective. Okay. Well, they're trying to get people to move forward so they can actually get a kidney shot. Like, they, they think they can reach it from standing in front of someone. They mm-hmm. don't know where it's at. Exactly. Yeah. Ty, you usually uh, pretty much up on the business end of it. So this question is for you. Is Nate as a free agent or not? You're asking me? Yeah. Yeah, according to everything, he's a free agent. That was his last fight with the UFC. Dana White said, hey, this is always your home. He's a free agent. He hasn't signed with anybody. Scott Coker of Bellator. Bellator has a pretty good card tonight, too, as well. But Scott Coker of Bellator actually said that they, you know, just are kind of in chats with Nate Diaz. He didn't go as, as far to say negotiations. He just said we're in discussion. So, yeah, Nate Diaz is, is free. He's out there, and it's just a matter of uh, what he's going to do next. Yeah, I had read that, that article, and I was trying to figure out, you know, um, if he was going to be a, a free agent, if he's, he's doing this thing himself, or, or uh, you know, was uh, White, Dana White still on, on, involved in his thing? But, no, uh, he's done with the UFC for right now. He, he said he plans to come back. He'd like to come back. And, you know, again, Dana said, man, this is your house. But uh, no, he's he's actually done with the UFC in, in the moment, and uh, he's just again a matter of um, you know he's you know he's obviously a little older, but he's still 
you know, going to be one of the most prized MMA free agents in the history of the game. And so mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of probably lucrative offers to fill. And I'm sure he's going to take his time and, and make the decision he thinks is best. But uh, next time we see him, it won't be in the UFC octagon. It'll be someplace else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rumor had it a while back. He was looking at the BFK, the bare knuckle fighting. And I think right. that's a good road right. for him. You know, always come back for the uh, UFC money fight, of course, because the Diaz is, is a household name when it comes to MMA. So he'll always be able to come back for a money shot or a BMF title or something like that. They'll always think of those guys. But the, the BFK or the bare knuckle fighting, because everyone bleeds in that. And the problem with the Diaz brothers is they're going to bleed. You know, you, yeah, there's, there's yeah. too much scar tissue builds up in yeah, the faces off yeah. those four-inch gloves and those elbows and stuff like that. I mean, enough enough punishment comes through a 10-ounce glove uh, beating, you know, 90% mm-hmm. of your shots to the face. I mean, I feel worse for boxers. But the scar mm-hmm. tissue in an MMA guy's face is going to calcify really quick after those cuts. So, you know those guys mm-hmm. are going to cut. Um, so, BFK is a good option for them. There's money in it right now. Uh, they're riding that wave, and no one's going to stop it in the third on a cut. So, nope, no one's going to leg kick them. No one's going to take them down. No, so, I think that's a good they option. They could go in there and scrap, scrap and bleed. I, I think honestly, the next place I think you'll see Nate, um, and it's not going to be big money, right? So nobody's really going to notice. But I wouldn't be don't don't be surprised if he does another triathlon because you know him and his brother do that. But I think as far as combat where I expect to actually see him next and it just be kind of under the radar is I think he'll probably do a jiu-jitsu tournament. Right. Hmm. I could I could see him doing something like that before he does anything. You know what I mean? Just doing a tournament just for the hell of it uh, as he's fielding big money offers. Mm-hmm. I, know I'm, I, mean, I, alluded to, I alluded to last week, and, and, and I'm pretty sure. Nate, I don't want to see him fight anymore. I don't want to see him take mm-hmm. that damage off. I, I refer to Sugar Shane Mosley, and I, I just don't want to see, you know, any more of that go on with Nate. I don't want to see him take – because if he's going to fight, he's going to go to war. He's going to get – he's going to give the fans what they want. But that's – you know, that's, I don't think that's good for him. And I think, he, as I said, he's done enough. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. He wants it now. He, he's going to make his money. I don't – I hate to, you know – I don't want to say anything to take the guy away from making his money, but you know it comes at a point in time to where it's enough to me. It's just enough. I feel like Nate Diaz has made his money, and I feel like I think the best his best option for him is retirement. Now, the only reason I really don't want to see him in in, in bare knuckle FC is. When is the last time you watched a Nate Diaz fight and at the end of the fight, this man was not covered in a gallon of his own blood? <laughs> it's going to be even worse than Bare Knuckle FC. It's going to be two times worse. He already has scar tissue all around his eyebrows, all around his face, all over his head. And he's, he's just – same with Nick. I don't want to see Nick fight. I mean, obviously, I would love to see them fight, but for their greater good, I really don't want to see them fight at all. I want to see them retire. I want to, you know, I, I want to see them still, you know, be active in MMA and, you know, do what most of these other guys that are retiring are doing. Open up a podcast, you know, 
commentary is is the best thing if you want to keep if you want to stay in it. You know, or being be also taking into consideration guys. that you're a diehard fan and you and you respect yeah, the sport. Ninety percent of the people that watch this will, will fall back to the Sparta room and they'll watch a fight to the death. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, they want to see. And, and and again, like like you said, when's the last time they hour shifts. went to a fight and did not go to weeks. They pay your rent, uh, your room board, these and then don't plus uh mute your mic. Go ahead. You're talking cop shop. Yes. So go ahead, Caden. Um no, I was done. Oh. No, you weren't. Go ahead. Yeah. I wanna thank so, all the first responders out in Fort Myers recently. Yeah. That's what we were saying at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the show. It's, uh, it, uh, yeah. I can tell you that there's uh, at this point in time, there's just under uh, 1,200 first responders in uh, Fort Myers. Uh, they're also asking for additional guys to come down. That's why I was just explaining to one of the guys that, uh, to take a shift down there and what what it entails. Um, but it's a uh, it's a, a long process. Um, there, there is. Uh, if you could think of Hiroshima, that's exactly what Fort Myers Beach is. There's nothing left there down there. It's standing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just horrendous. But uh, hey, let's uh, let's go on. Okay, tell me, uh, Z, what's your thought on Joe Joyce uh, calling out music? Um, well, I mean, that's, that makes sense, to be honest. Uh, you have to call out the top guy, uh, or mm-hmm. one of the top guys. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it'll make a very, a very, very interesting fight to me. <laughs> a very, I think it'll make for a more interesting fight than him and Joshua. Uh, Joshua, mm-hmm. as we said before, Joshua's a guy who, who needs his time. He needs his space to set up. He, he needs things more or less going his way. Uh, we saw, we've seen him fight through adversity before uh, with Klitschko, but he was in control for mm-hmm. most of the fight. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Joe Joyce is a guy who he doesn't need his time. He, he, he's going to take what he wants. He's a very, very much a downhill fighter. Um, Usyk is a guy who usually steers downhill fighters, but this is heavyweight. And Joe Joyce is a very, very big guy. Um, he's a very big guy. Uh, and Joe Joyce mm-hmm. is getting experience beating some pretty good guys, some some good guys. Uh, Usyk has something to worry about going mm-hmm. to the later rounds, especially the men. Joe Joyce is a guy who doesn't necessarily get tired like that, and he keeps uh, a constant work rate. The only thing is this. With Joe Joyce, that scares me at times. Not scares me, but Joe Joyce, I mean, technique-wise, he, he, he's, he, he makes it work for him. Uh, he gets hit a lot, mm-hmm. and against certain guys, you just don't want that. Um, but he's a one-gear guy. He's not going to turn it up on him. He's going to always fight at that pace to where mm-hmm. certain guys could, could, could deal with that. Certain guys, they, they mm-hmm. can kind of, you know, turn it off and on. And Usyk might be that kind of guy to me. 
which is if Joe Drew might not get his, might not always get Usyk where he wants. Usyk is very good with his footwork. Um, Usyk is good at is pretty good defensively as a heavyweight. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Joyce he does have things to worry about in the aspect of just catching Usyk, you know, just not getting hit, you know, hit and not getting hit. Basically, the boxing aspect. He has to basically kind of box with Usyk to catch him. And, you know, George mm-hmm. Lewis has a good jab, but it's not the quickest jab. It's a steady jab. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when guys are steady and they, you know, they one gear, once you read them and once you adjust, that one gear doesn't adjust. It's one gear. So, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. George Lewis definitely has his way, but I would love to see him fight Usyk. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think, Ty? Well, I would not love to see him fight Usyk. Usyk is my favorite fighter on the planet, and Joe Joyce is my second favorite heavyweight. So I I don't want to see two guys I love fight each other. Uh, However, Usyk was – Joyce is supposed to call out Usyk, right? uh, Mm -hmm. He's he's working his way to a mandatory position. Usyk has three belts, right? Tyson Fury's talking about fighting Anthony Joshua. Usyk has nobody on his dance card at the moment. So it's a very smart call out. Very tough fight for Usyk. Uh, not a fight he can't win. The one thing, you know, and Zito covered it, you know, succinctly, right? But the one thing is, is extremely high pace for a heavyweight. Like Zito said, he fights downhill, mm-hmm. and and you know he has a sledgehammer jab. It's not the you know the quick. In fact, there's nothing about Joe Joyce is quick. In fact, I should not put that in the same sentence. Joe Joyce is glacially slow. But he's a glacier, and you know what the glacier did to the Titanic, and that's kind of the problem. And he and and Usyk fought over five rounds in a you know Monte Carlo Super Series that doesn't count on their pro records, and Usyk won. Uh, but now we be talking about twelve rounds, and that's that's a big ass. Usyk is the one guy. Uh, outside of Tyson Fury, who, um, from a stamina standpoint, can handle the pace, right? Like, Joe Joyce can't carry Usyk necessarily too fast, too high. He's not necessarily capable of carrying Usyk too fast like Margarito did Cotto. Um But what he is capable of doing is just because of his pressure and because he such a big guy, and he's such just a physical force of nature. And the fact of the matter is, honestly, Usyk is not going to be able to hurt him, and Joe Joyce knows that. He's going to touch on Usyk, and the difference between he and Joshua, Joshua is a more explosive puncher. Joshua was a guy who would be capable of catching Usyk with a shot that would change the fight. He caught Usyk with that shot, Usyk took it. Joe Joyce is not the guy who's going to catch you with one shot that's going to change the fight. He's just going to sledgehammer you and jackhammer you and just chip away, chip away. When Joseph Parker got knocked out, everyone said, oh, it was a one-punch knockout in the 11th round. No, it wasn't. It was an accumulation. Joe Parker got beat up and then got caught with a punch that finally put his lights out. But he got beat up. He got chipped away. Even as he was landing bombs on, on Joyce, Joyce was chipping him away. Usyk doesn't have bombs to land. He's a much better boxer than Joseph Parker. He's much more nimble. He's much more fleet of foot. Uh, and all these things he has in his favor. But Joe Joyce is a problem. He's a, he's a problem for 
anyone he fights. Tyson Fury, who is a friend of Joseph Parker, was at the fight rooting Joseph Parker on, has subsequently mm-hmm. said this week, Parker's the second best heavyweight, I believe. He said, we're just going to have to find out eventually one day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now, you got it, not Joseph Parker, Joe Joyce. Right now, you got to consider Joe Joyce an elite heavyweight. You put him right up there with Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, uh, Alexander Usyk, and um, and Deontay Wilder. And some people would put him above Joshua and Wilder based on you know recent pedigree. So, think, you know, it, it, it's definitely a golden era, kind of, sort of a golden age era, in, in, at least in the UK. But this has been a good heavyweight era, you know, you know, because guys are fighting each other. So let's just hope that continues, however it may shake out. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, see, what did you think about uh, Maxie Hughes uh, defeating Kid Galahad? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see that one either. Uh, what, what happened? So first, first of all, anyone who, who knew anything about the two fighters knew that there was a good chance it could be kind of a, a you know, just a, a sludge, you know, <laughs> just, you know, just, just kind of a tit for tat kind of fight, not really exciting or dramatic. That's exactly what it was. It was a pedestrian fight from an entertaining mm-hmm. standpoint. If you like watching boxing because you like watching skill sets and you like watching guys try to trap and, and set each other up and faint, pot shot. You know, if you like the the art of it, like I do, then you know it was it was it still was a pedestrian fight. <laughs> so um, Maxi Hughes edged it out, uh, you know, and he's been on a hot streak lately. Kid Galahad has now lost two in a row. This is his first fight since he was surprisingly uh, knocked out by you know a, a past way way past his prime, Kiko Martinez. So he came back for mm-hmm. Maxi Hughes and. You know, it was a close fight, but, you know, I, I thought the, the right guy won. Maxie got, I believe it was a split decision as opposed to a majority decision. Um, but it just, you know, it was, it was a pedestrian affair. And, and, you know, Galahad has to kind of, uh, you know, he was just a champion, you know, two fights ago. So he's got to retool mm-hmm. and, and think about what he has to do next. The reason why Maxie Hughes was a good selection for him is because Maxie Hughes has a few losses, even though he's been on a hot streak lately. Maxi Hughes is not a puncher at all, and Galahad was knocked out his last fight. Uh, so I understood the fight. It was a credible fight. Uh, they just came up a little short. Okay. Um, Caden, uh, what do you think about uh, Amanda Soriano outpointing uh, Sarah Malford? Who? Malford, Amanda Soriano. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that fight. Boy, I'm up some oh, that's, that's you know what? That's because that's women's boxing, Katie. So I'll, I'll go ahead and step oh. in. Um, Amanda Serrano, whose last fight was against Katie Holmes, hell of a fight that you know she lost a split decision after having after having Katie Holmes in you know, serious trouble in the middle rounds. She went back down to featherweight, which is her natural weight. Katie, uh, the, the fight with Katie Taylor was at lightweight, so she went back down to featherweight to unify the titles she had you know she she it wasn't her best performance um but she dominated the fight it just wasn't her best performance and you know you 
the whole weight gain loss thing, you never know what it is. Obviously, it wasn't cross from her, so it wasn't the hype of that fight. Uh, but she went out there, did what she had to do, and, and she collects another belt. There's one more belt at that weight that she's looking for. And uh, it's just a matter of time if she does that or moves back up for another big fight. Okay. All right, Caden, you better know this one. Shemaev and Nikolai. What's your thoughts? Shemaev. Coming up. Can you repeat the second name? The other guy's name is Nikolai. Nikolas. N-I-C-K-A-L-S. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's his last name? Yeah. Um, oh, oh, oh. Hey, what he's talking about is, you know, Bo Nickel. Oh, Bo, Bo Nickel. Nickel. Yeah, oh. Bo Nickel. The, the, yeah, Bo Ni- you know, Bo, yeah, Bo Nickel just, you know, he, he just took out a, a, yeah, yeah. another guy mm-hmm. and got signed to the UFC by uh, 3-0, mm-hmm. and, and he called out to yeah. That's what happened. Bo Nickel. Oh. Well, well, I'm not surprised that he called out Chimiev. Bo Nickel is, you know, he has the personality to call off top guys. But in all reality, if they were to fight, I say that fight mm-hmm. lasts 15 seconds. Bo Nickel dies in the Ooh. first round. Um, it would just, that, that would just, you can't even consider that a real fight. You have right to eat now. crow or someone dies. <laughs> yes, sir. Has that ever happened? Yes, sir. Uh, Tony's rules. Tony's rules. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Uncle Tony's Cafe, you still got to eat eat a crow sandwich or somebody dies. If if someone dies, you eat raisin. (laughs) I I mean, especially if if Hamzat wants to move up to middleweight, that fight's 100% not going to happen because – yeah, I don't think Bo Nichols. Bo Nichols, first of all, he's not big enough. He's not tall enough to move up to middle to move up to middleweight. Um, he's definitely not strong. No, Bo Nichols. Bo Nichols is, is fighting at middleweight, bro. He's, yeah, he's fighting at oh, middleweight. Him and Cosmite. Yeah, I believe so he's fighting at middleweight. Yeah, he's fighting oh, at middleweight. Him and Cosmite are about the same size. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. From, from the pictures that I saw, of Bo Nichols, he looked good, tiny. He looked tinier than than Hamzat. Um, yeah, no. Well, I mean, but three days ago, right now Hamzat would absolutely destroy him. We don't know what yeah. would happen if Bo Nickel can't get a takedown. What if he can't take Hamzat down? And we don't know if Bo Nickel has a chin. Let me. Here's what we know about Hamzat: if he can't take you down, he can box you up. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Gilbert Burns hit him with a home run shot, wobbled him, he got up and kept fighting. We don't know if mm-hmm. Bo Nickel could do those things. I mean, we, we know, know he's, he's, well, he's a three-time NC, he's a three-time NCAA Division One champion. So he, we know he can wrestle, but with, that doesn't mean he can take Hamzat down at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing before, you know, I don't think that um, pops. I don't know if you had this on the lineup, but you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this last week, and. We I didn't get a chance to, so I want to talk about it uh, right now. Um, just I want to give up props to Jose Aldo in his career. I think he is, yeah. without a doubt, the greatest featherweight of all time. Um, if he's not the greatest featherweight, he's the greatest bantamweight. Um, props on props to him on an amazing career. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Really sad to see him go, especially on his on his comeback on his comeback tour a little bit. Um, 
It was, I mean, man, what, what, what an amazing career. Probably one of the greatest champions in UFC history. And it's just crazy. Yeah, amazing career, fought so many world champions, fought so many amazing, great fighters. And I just thought that he needed to be recognized and his retirement needed to be recognized. Okay. Sorry, Bob, you had something to say? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, as far as Chiamiev uh, uh, or Hazmat, as I call him, uh, as far as my research goes, as far as three days ago, he was uh, said his night, next fight is going to be Colby Covington, and that's a matchup I want to watch because that uh, they're both great wrestlers. They both got that endurance, and they can both kind of pound you up a little bit. So um, that's the newest I've heard. I, I don't know anybody about this new guy, but what I do know about the UFC is back in my day it was, you know, walk quiet, uh, carry a big stick. Now it's, you know, talk a bunch of shit, and it don't matter if you can back it up or not. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the, the day of the Internet has, has, has completely surpassed, you know, my reality. So, um, but as mm-hmm. far as I've got, um, you know, Hazmat's go, you know, supposedly going to fight Covington next, and that's a fight I'd like to see. Yeah, that's actually he just posted on, on – he recently just posted that on Twitter that uh, – Covington's next. Now, can Covington fight? There have been some issues because of the whole thing with uh, Masvidal and Covington not being medically cleared, apparently. Dana White says he's okay and ready to go. Will Covington accept the fight? That's another Kobe. Uh, With that being said, with that being said, this is the fight I love to see because I rarely disagree with Bob, but I slightly disagree with him with something he just said, very slightly. I don't believe for one second that Simeyev has anywhere near the cardio of Kobe. Kobe has the best cardio. Like, he has better cardio than Usman, who's known to have great cardio. Like, Kobe, the one thing Kobe does is push a pace. The one thing for me, if I'm training Simeyev, the one thing that scares me about Kobe is now, now Simeyev is, uh, you know, to me, he's definitely the more powerful striker, right? He definitely hits harder. I'm not going to say he's better, you know, because he was just kind of ballroom brawling against uh, Gilbert Burns, but he definitely hits harder uh, as a striker. The wrestling, we don't know, right? They could they could cancel each other out. They might take each other down. Who knows, right? But here's what I know. Shimmy F, and if you watch his last fight with Kevin Holland, he, he's a live wire. He's he fights really, really hyperactively almost. And as I was watching that fight with, with Holland, I was like, man, if Shimeyev doesn't finish him, he's going to start off with a puffet towards the end of this first round going into the second round, as he did with Gilbert Burns. So with the Gilbert Burns fight, I thought it was kind of an anomaly. Maybe he just didn't follow the game plan. But no, he's just a live wire. He's a high-strung guy. And high-strung mm-hmm. guys tend to burn that candle really quick. Kobe doesn't, right? And so if I'm training Shimeyev, my one thing is like, you know what? The way Kobe wins this fight is he could drown Shimeyev. He could drown him. He could drown him. And I don't know if anybody – I know Zito would agree with that because I know Zito saw what I saw. He could drown him. That's something I believe. Not that he would, not that Kobe would win. But that's his path to victory. 
I say okay. I say that I don't know if I don't know if if Kobe can drown him early and if he can drown him and keep him drowned and keep him underwater, I think what's gonna have to happen is he's gonna have to keep him he's gonna have, he's gonna have to slowly and just stay on the exact same pace the entire time. Keep yourself safe. Don't get finished. If Hamza fights how he's been fighting for his entire career, if he comes out and goes for the fast takedown and or or he goes out fist to blazing, if you know, if that happens, all Kobe has to do is stay safe for about two rounds. If he can stay safe for about two rounds, he can ride out that storm. He can ride out that storm and then he can drown him. But from, I, I, I don't know if I can accept that he can drown him early and that he can drown him from round one all the way to round five. Now, he can drown oh, him from no. round Oh, no, 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 no. Kobe's going to lose his rounds. Round. Make no mistake. Kobe's going – Kobe, would, in my opinion, Kobe loses – Kobe's got to survive to get to to get Hamza yeah. in the water. And that's where the question yeah. is because, honestly, yeah. Hamza is a much better ground finisher than Kobe. So – I could see Hamza taking Kobe down and potentially submitting him. So Kobe has to survive. If Kobe gets the fight into the the third round, then we got to fight. But it, but that, yeah, that's I, the I, I, I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I, I think it's over in the first strong. three. Uh, if, if Hazmat can finish it, he finishes in the first three. Kobe uh, doesn't have a chance until it goes mid three. If it goes into the fourth yep. and fifth. Kobe's got a chance, but that's that's the only way yeah. I'm taking that. And I'll eat a mud pie or a yeah. shit pie or a crow pie, or whatever on that one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know, because you know how many times did Kobe Covington take down Kamal Usman? The answer to that question mm-hmm. is zero. Can you take? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that 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 Hamza's a better wrestler than Kamal Usman. I am saying that he's a hell of a lot stronger. I am saying he's stronger than Kamal Usman. And he's more ferocious as a wrestler. I don't think I don't think he's better fundamentally at, than uh, than than Kobe and and and, and Kamaru are in wrestling. But I do say that he's a lot stronger. Now, if he gets top mount or he gets side mount, and you know what, he's definitely more explosive right now. He's definitely more explosive. The fight is. I say the fight is over if Hamza gets back mount. If Hamza gets back mount, the fight is over. All he has to do is wrap. All he has to do is wrap his arm around his neck. It doesn't matter if there's chin in there, because Hamzat's so strong. It doesn't matter if there's chin. It doesn't matter if he gets the chin. He, he can submit you with that. You know, and, mm-hmm. and just the ways that he can maneuver people on the ground is 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 just he uses his brute strength to kind of get you into the places that he really wants you to to be. Like look at the Li Jing Liang fought the fight. He went over to him, picked him up, placed him right next to Dana, and started talking to Dana. I'm not saying that Li Jing Liang is a better wrestler, stands up to his wrestling as, as, as Kobe does. But Kobe's, I don't know if Kobe can hold up to the strength of, of Hamzat. You know, Kobe can get picked up by Hamzat. I think Kobe can get picked up by Hamzat and slammed on his head. Now, maybe it's because I'm a little bit biased. Maybe because I'm a little bit biased, but I think that that can really happen. And I'm 265 you know, if, if pounds, and I'm not going to pick me up and throw me down. 
But if he can really ride out and go into the championship round, I don't think Hamza's going to win. He just has to focus on cardio, cardio, cardio. Because if it's a five-round fight, Kobe wins that. Kobe wins that nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. I, I, I have a See, here's the thing, though. With, with, Kazma, with Hazbat, I don't think it's, it's – he doesn't have bad cardio. That's not what it is at all. The dude is definitely in shape, right? But there are a couple different things. Number one, it's just the kind of guy he is. He's a high-strung guy. He's not a relaxed guy. Kobe's a much more relaxed fighter. And relaxed – Bob will tell you this. Z will tell you this. Relaxed fighters – tend to not burn their cardio as quick. Guys that fight high-strung and, and just aren't relaxed, they tend to dump their load a little quicker. It's just, it's just who, who he is, right? The other thing, too, that has to be accounted for, and mind you, by no way am I picking Kobe, but the other thing, too, that has to be accounted for, Hamza just missed welterweight by getting, what, six, seven pounds? So we know Kobe makes welterweight pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Cody makes it pretty easy. Hamzat's the bigger guy trying to ball down to 170, which he didn't do successfully his last fight. So how depleted is this excitable guy going to be in the second round, balling himself down to make one, you know, 170? So, again, I, by no means am I, will I predict Kobe to win or am I predicting Kobe to win. However, he does have a path to victory. Kobe has been known to be historically durable. So he's not a guy. He's a guy you may drop, but he gets up and keeps fighting. He's not a guy who tends to get knocked out. Uh, not saying Hamzat could do it. Uh, Kobe's only been finished, you know, the, the two times. The one time he got his jaw broken by Usman, and early in his career he got caught in a submission. So just stylistically, on paper, on paper is all I'm saying. On paper, Kobe has an avenue to victory that's clear for him. Not that he can do it, but it's there on paper. I, I, I feel like if Hamza really, can control we're all the saying balance, the same story, just in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's I, move I, on I to like uh, Poirier versus Diaz. What do you say? Uh, Poirier versus let's move Diaz. on to Poirier versus that. Diaz on the yeah USC two seventy five. No, they're, they're they're just talking trash to each other on Twitter. That's all. That's all it is. They it just it, they just got into a trash. Yeah, Diaz is done with his contract. He's not coming back unless it's a big big money fight. Yeah, and, I, and obviously Poirier's retired, and you know they're I don't know. I mean, no, they're they're literally. He didn't like something Poirier said, and and he came at Poirier, and Poirier, Poirier just said, "Calm down, Nathan." It's literally just you know cheats. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about uh, all right? Uh, Katie Taylor's got a uh, a fight coming up, uh, Ty, uh, with uh, Cara Bato, C A R A B A J T A. You know anything about that one? So, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like the the you know the same fight with Amanda Solano just had, right? You know, she had a big fight. They had that big fight. Now they have kind of like a come-back-to-earth fight where you're fighting your mandatory, you know what I mean? And so uh, Katie Taylor, um, she should go in as a favorite. If she's the same Katie Taylor I just saw, she'll go in as – she will go as a favorite. If she's the same Katie Taylor I just saw, mm-hmm. she should win handily. The reason why I say that, though, is because I've been seeing slippage in Katie Taylor. And she just had a huge build up in a very tough fight. 
and um, you know, and she's a little older. Katie's thirty-five, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. again, if she's the same gal I just saw, then then she should win this fight handily. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Mackenzie Dern's right. up tonight fighting uh, the yeah. uh, Zin Yanjing, or I can't say her last name, but yeah. uh, first female Chinese fighter fought, or signed to the UFC. So that'll be a good fight for Mackenzie tonight. Both uh, good females. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Z, what do you think about uh, Devin Haney and Gambosa uh, coming up on the, the 6th of uh, October? Um, I think it's going to be basically a repeat of the same fight. A little cleaner, actually, by uh, Haney. Again, both is live. That's the most I can say. Um, mm-hmm. A live guy who's rugged, and, you know, a rugged live guy. Once you get to a certain level, and that's the most you can say about a guy, then it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, I mean, that's all to be said. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with something. I mean, once you're dealing with guys who are special, they're, they're special to mm-hmm. one thing or they're special to many things. But, um, I mean, you know, rugged and durability takes you so far, uh, only so far when you fight a special guy. So I think mm-hmm. he right now is proven to be special in a certain way. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. say. Okay. Uh, I guess they're uh... – our final uh, thought for the evening, since we're right up against our clock, is uh, um, what do you think, uh, back to the business end of it, Ty, uh, Tyson Fury says he extended till Thursday for Joshua to sign a contract. Is that is this another one of those Canelo uh, Triple G fights where we're going to hear about it for a year and nobody will ever get to it? Well, you know, here's the thing, right? With Tyson, you kind of never know because he says stuff and then he says something else and mm-hmm. then he does something else. And he initially, over the weekend, last weekend, had went on Instagram Live or, you know, I don't know, social Facebook Live and, you know, said, hey, Joshua has till Monday morning, till Monday to sign his contract. He doesn't sign it Monday, I'm moving on. And then, you know, obviously Joshua didn't sign it. He goes back on and calls him a dosser and, uh, a bitch and all sorts of stuff. It was pretty funny, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And then he comes back and, and says that Frank Warren, his promoter, had uh, convinced him to, to get it done. And, you know, mm-hmm. the whole time Tyson was saying this, the promoters were never saying anything. Frank Warren was still talking to the TV. Like, they were still negotiating a fight. Then Tyson came out right. Thursday and said, if he doesn't do it by Thursday, the fight's over. So as far as yeah. I know, Frank Warren is still negotiating the fight. However, Eddie Hearn, mm-hmm. Joshua's promoter, um, has already started bemoaning the fact that uh, that if he doesn't face Joshua Fury's talking about facing Manuel Char, and why doesn't he face Joe Joyce? And when I hear mm-hmm. Hearn say that, um, it mm-hmm. makes me think that Hearn is not in a rush to put Joshua in with Fury. And that's what right. a lot of people on the inside thought anyway, that Eddie Hearn at this point in time, even though it was a huge big money fight, that at this point in time mm-hmm. it wasn't a fight he wanted for Joshua coming off of two straight losses, three of his last five, right? So uh, mm-hmm. so we just have to wait and see. With Fury, you kind of can't take what he says seriously all the time, but pay attention because he may 
feel that way and, and, and go that way. So that's where we stand. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that brings us right to the end of our uh, end of our hour here. Uh, uh, I want to thank all you guys for uh, such a, a great show. Uh, you do you do your due diligence before we come on the air, and I, I really appreciate your care. Um, so uh, let's see, uh, Kate, you want to start us out? Yeah, it was another great show. Good to good to have everybody on, and um, thank you for your for your time. Thanks for letting me on. I'll definitely be on next week and make sure you stay tuned for tonight's fight. Darren versus not going to say her last name. So I'm not going to pronounce it wrong. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah, even, even the, even the uh, promo on it just says John. At first I thought, when I first saw the name, I thought it was Peter Young. But it didn't. Uh, Ty, <laughs> it's spelled X, I think if it's spelled X-A-N, then I believe it's John. Like, I believe that X is pronounced like V-A. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Bob? Uh, once again, I just want to thank everybody, all our Fighting Words fans, for coming on. God bless. Have a good week. Uh, much props to all you people in Florida uh, going through uh, Hurricane Ian, uh, Ian, however you want to express, uh, pronounce this, semantics. Uh, you know, and if you don't like hurricanes, you can always move. Uh, but th- that's that's up to you. So, uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So you know, I hope you guys are all safe and. and- okay. Uh-oh. Ty. First of all, Butch, I, I want to say I'm glad that you, Caden, uh, and all the rest of the Carroll clan are safe, well, and healthy. Thank you. Glad to hear that. Yeah, Praying for everyone in Florida. Praying for everyone in Florida. Bob is their co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a good week. Be safe and well. Another wonderful show. I want to thank all of my Fighting Words family. Uh, these shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Chris. Anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do call. Okay. Again, I want to thank everybody for such a great show. It's uh, always a pleasure to spend this time and Saturday nights, like sitting around a table, just talking and having a few brews, and it really uh, makes my week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men of the United States Armed Forces, and with police fire services, the doctors, the nurses, and the people who clean up the hospital, the first responders, and the wonderful people from the from the markets. Uh, these programs are also dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, for <coughs> Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Patrolman uh, Jeffrey uh, Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Bajor, Detective Randy Pell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Henrick, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Chris Levesque, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Okay. Well, uh, Patrolman on off of Crispin Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department, and Chief Jimmy Ford, Longwood Fire Department. My brother and sister, you may be 10 7 at this point in time, and sometime will be 10 10 at the table board. Until that time, may the Rose Race have to meet you. 
May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your face. And the sunshine lightly the rains fall softly on your field. The sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands. And thank God bless and have a great week. Tower, shams, strength, and length.